Hi, this is Matt Griffo. Then This Happened is a show where real stories are told and musical improvisers cut in and out with improvised songs moving the story along. This episode deals with serial killers and murder and more, so be aware of that. And the storyteller is Sharon Palm. Hello, everyone. My name is Sharon Palm, and today's story is about how Eileen Wernos became America's number one female serial killer. Eileen Wernos was born into dysfunction at basically birth, uh, abandoned by her mom as an infant, grew up with grandparents that she was made to believe were her real parents. Her father died in prison before she ever met him. Her grandparents were both abusive alcoholics, and they force her to be beaten. They force her into a life of neglect. And it's at 11 years old that she started trading sexual favors for things like cigarettes and spare change, which coined her childhood nickname, the Cigarette Pig. This leads up to her teenage years, uh, where she experiences her first assault by a family friend, where she gets pregnant, she's put in a home for unwed mothers, and her baby is given up for adoption. At this point, this is when her vagrancy begins. have seen 
when you are not loved properly as a child, when you're not taken care of properly, doesn't matter if you are put into these situations where you could turn everything around because you don't have the tools to do that. And in Eileen's case, she's still having behavioral issues. She's still acting out, getting in fights in bars, drunk driving, and she actually hurts Lewis Fell uh, by hitting him with his own cane. So a short while after they're married, it's already annulled. There's just, there's just all of this, this rage, this, this. I'm, when you have so much inside of you,
this lifestyle for them lasts for a few years until December 1st, 1989, where it's rumored uh, that Eileen commits her first murder uh, to Richard Mallory, who... As most people know at this point, uh, most of her victims were all middle-aged, blue-collar men that she would find on the side of the highway. And Tyria Moore, being who she was to Eileen, it's speculated that Tyria knew about what was going on more than she led on during the trial. And that was, I think, a really unfortunate thing because Eileen basically gets backstabbed by someone who was supposed to be her one true love, the one person that treated her the way that she like always wanted to be treated throughout her life. And now the murders, they happen in quick succession. Um, so December 1st is the first one. June 1st, 1990 is the second to David Spears. And it goes on that way. June 6th, July 4th, August 4th, September 12th, the last one to be said to have happened on November 19th, 1990. happen the same. She's very consistent. They're all happening by gunshot and they all happen in cars. And she would leave cars usually at the scene of the crime. Um, sometimes she would dispose of bodies and sometimes she wouldn't. Um, in that case, Peter Sims, one of her victims, which she actually was never prosecuted for, um, his body was never found. And it really leads you to believe, like, how could one person do that by themselves? I personally think that Tyria Moore absolutely helped Eileen in some of these incidents with her victims. Um, so yeah, I think she knew all along. She claims innocence, basically throws Eileen under the bus. Uh, but they were seen at the scene of several crimes. And at this point, their faces are sketched in newspapers. People know both of their faces. And at this point, Tyria Moore flees home to Pennsylvania. This has gotten a little rougher than I hoped for. This, this has gone too dark and Baby, I gotta go. I gotta go. I can't. I can't keep this up anymore. You know I love you, but I just. This is too much, baby. This is too rough. We gotta.
Over the years during the course of Eileen Wernos' trial, she is seen and glorified as this badass feminist icon that took matters into her own hands, killed her abusers, didn't didn't just lie down and take it anymore. And you would think that that maybe would have helped her win this case. I mean, her attorney had four heart attacks over the course of that trial. So stressful. But the nation ate it up. Everyone was watching that. And even today as a society, we totally ingest murder porn like it's candy. We're constantly watching murder documentaries, stories about serial killers. And she is one of the most popular undercover and get her drunk. They watch her play country songs on the jukebox. They watch her drink and talk about her troubles, how she basically floats from city to city, hitchhikes on the highway to get around, and they had a warrant for her arrest for use of a weapon. And that is how they got her in to start questioning her for these murders. One of Eileen's final statements uh, to a documentary, actually, I believe his name was Nick Bloomfield, um, was that she knew that she had to die for her crimes because she knows that if she was free, that she would kill again. And it's because she said, I never hated men before. I hate men now. And I feel like she really is a product of abuse and a product of a system that was not designed to work 
in her favor, someone who did not have resources, someone who did not have any sort of support system. So then that movie, Monster, starring Charlize Theron, she wins an Academy Award portraying Eileen Wernos because it really gives some incredible insight into the psychological levels that it takes to get someone to a point where they can kill someone. And a serial killer is defined as someone who, yes, kills repeatedly. But as Eileen Wernos is also cited saying, she didn't do it for the thrill kill. It wasn't fun for her. And I really, truly believe that she was just messed with one too many times, taken advantage of one too many times, that her defense was constantly up.
the end? Basically. some lilacs have some lavender whatever you do just do it in love for now on because you know if you get crazy then up here like we don't want you know what I i'm saying it. yeah you get it i like, got if a it chance too, if i screw it up again we're going down back to hell hold on hold on you guys let my murderer in oh, oh nature Then This Happened is recorded in my recording studio in Chicago. You can check out more projects at patreon.com slash mattgriffo. You can also suggest future episode ideas there. The exact link is in the description of this episode. On vocals, we have me, Matt Griffo, Lily Emerson, and Charlie Malave. The songs are improvised. Charlie's also on guitar, electronic drums, and synth. Gordon Walters is on bass guitar. And Jason Miller is on electric guitar. Send this to anybody that likes, uh, murder? That doesn't sound good. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think of the show. You can message me on my website, mattgriffo.com, or join the Discord. 